0: Coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef
1: Team Show. And started a fashion company with my husband. And uh, we ended up running that for the next 10 years. And that's when I would learn uh, food as medicine. Yes. And I got my bachelor's and master's degree in nutrition. And I studied with the grandmothers in Greece and in France and in Germany. I learned to speak fluent French and German. And I, um, you know led this company um this international fashion company which is a very which was a very valuable teaching about business um and that coupled with my passion for improved health outcomes that unfortunately western medicine couldn't provide me um outside of that of course saving my leg um my mother died abruptly at age 59 with severe obesity as one of her causes of death oh helene tragic but it made me even more excited about my mission to teach people how, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too.
0: Welcome to the show from the the MD MD and Chef Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well then, we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process.
1: Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. we We like like to to have have fun fun too.
0: So let's get on with the show. Hello, team. It's me, your host, Dr. Isabel, and you're here at the MD and Chef Team podcast. And today I am so excited. I have a brand new friend (laughs) that that I'm going to introduce you today. I'll just tell you a little bit about her and then we're going to just open up the floor and take off. (laughs) Her name is Jennifer Helene, and she's the life coach and also the Vitality podcast host and has been helping women integrate their healthy minds, bodies, and souls to become their best. I love that. You know, I'm all about that. And most authentic selves. She's been a MasterChef cast member, created life transforming programs for health institutes Yes, you have. And university and is a member of the Forbes Coaching Council and so much more. I'm going to go ahead and introduce to you Jennifer Helene, and she likes to be called Helene. Hi, Helene.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, so honored to be here. And I just um, I just love everything about you Isabel. well. So
0: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: <laughs> I love you, too. I just <laughs> we just finished doing a podcast and I was her her guest And I'm just like, wow, I just love this whole deal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, Tell us where you're from. Where where are you living right now?
1: Well, I live right now in Northern California. I've been here for about six years. After living abroad for 10 years, it was, you know, where was I coming back to? You know, I I was trying to find my spot here in the United States and didn't realize how little of the U.S. I actually understood and, and knew. And I'm still discovering it. I mean, what a great beautiful country this place is. Uh, Of course, it has its downfalls, uh, but it is beautiful land. And uh, I love it out here. I love mostly the food culture because I'm such a foodie. (laughs) So uh, for me, just living here, the food culture has been just delightful as well as the the sheer magnificence of nature. Yes.
0: And that's probably sunny out there right now, right? Yes, it's really (laughs) sunny.
1: Yes. And the jasmine is bursting and the Everything is growing right now. The grape leaves are coming back and the artichokes are starting and it's really a beautiful time. Spring is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, Year round. <laughs> I mean, coming from the East Coast, yeah. <laughs> Washington, D.C., also beautiful. But, you know, we had winter and it, you know, this time of year is a little different out here. <laughs> isn't
0: that crazy that we're both from the East Coast and the Washington, D.C.
1: area? I mean, I- it is unusual. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very special Breed of person that comes from that area. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Everywhere else in the world, I've met. I've met people. I'm like, you are from the Washington D.C. area. That you can kind of. There's something about us. The way we articulate, how we um, enunciate, even it's a little different. Hmm. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask. You know, I, I, I just caught a little bit about your story. I'd love to hear your story that began when you were 7
1: cuz you were already thrown into the medical system and gosh yeah, I mean, I, I came out not even supporting breast milk. Uh, so they put me on soy milk uh, and then chronic ear infections my entire childhood had my tonsils out. So really, from the moment I was born, it seems that you yeah know, I, I had some I had health problems, you know, intolerances, difficulties that we really used western medicine to 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 try to find solutions for. That was what my mom knew um outside of the church, uh, you know, we had our western medical doctors and And we really tried our best, but even before I had osteomyelitis, um, you know, had all these ear infections that lasted, you know, my entire childhood until age 18. And I also was in Weight Watchers. So I had, you know, weight issues at age five, my first Weight Watchers meeting, and then mom was in and out of Overeaters Anonymous. So that was the backdrop of my upbringing. So I understood that food could heal and food could harm. Um, I understood that, um, you know, food was celebration, but that life also wasn't worth living unless you had your health because I had a rare bone infection. They actually thought it was leukemia because uh, my white blood cell count was so high. It took them about six months to find that I had osteomyelitis after the bone marrow biopsy, which is quite intense. Um, as anyone knows who's had one, whether you're an adult or a child. And so then I was on intravenous antibiotics. Luckily, uh, they were able to save my leg because without that, they normally would have had to amputate, you know, which of course would have changed my life forever. Mm. And it did change my life forever because just that awareness that not taking your health for granted, um, as I did, and most people do until it's threatened, uh, came to me at a very, very young age. I realized there was nothing more important than my health because nothing could actually function in my life without it. And that was really clear. And I actually, compound spiral fractured my other leg just as I was getting out of the wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair only because the catheter kept falling out. So I had to stay in the wheelchair so I could receive those intravenous antibiotics. So it was a tricky three years. (laughs) You were in a wheelchair for three years. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. As a seven year old.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Where energy is injected into your body every (laughs) single day. How did your parents
1: keep you in a wheelchair? I had the most incredible mother. She was incredible. She just loved me so much and she made everything fun. And <laughs> she was just the best. Um, you know, she wasn't perfect, right? But I mean, she was, I just was I really lucked out. I got a good mom. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really good. Great. And a good dad, too. Yes. I really did. Uh she, but I just remember her presence during that time was so uplifting and fun and stimulating and exciting. And, you know, she was just great. So you got out of the wheelchair.
0: (laughs) Then what, what was your next, what was your next kapow moment?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I got really into uh, school. So I was, uh, just going, we had a secondary school in Northern Virginia that had 7,000 kids in it. Wow. That's a lot of people. Is that Fairfax County? That's Fairfax County. I live in Fairfax, California now, which is kind of funny. That's funny. And uh, I think that for me, it was just so exciting to be in my body and to be able and capable. And so I was playing field hockey and lacrosse and I was in my voice, doing my voice, you know, training, because I was uh, trained to be an opera singer and I was in theater and I was in chorus. And, you know, it was just like, I was just like, so excited About life and living it, and doing everything I could, and so that's what I did. I just was really excited and engaged and um thrilled to just be alive (laughs) and out of the
0: chair, yes, out of the wheelchair, and there's seven thousand new friends
1: to be made, (laughs) exactly. student government. That's right. I did like president, vice president throughout. Yeah, it was really fun. So um, so I just, and uh, I'd, I'd always been performing and kept performing and um, yeah, I had a really uh, exciting, very full upbringing in, in Northern Virginia. And then I went to live in New York City thereafter. And I always been interested in theology and theological concepts. And I um, dove deeply into that when I lived in New York City as well. That's where I found yoga. And then I uh, married and moved to Switzerland And started a fashion company with my husband. And uh, we ended up running that for the next 10 years. And that's when I would learn uh, food as medicine. Yes. And I got my bachelor's and master's degree in nutrition. And I studied with the grandmothers in Greece and in France and in Germany. I learned to speak fluent French and German. And I, um, you know led this company um this international fashion company which is a very which was a very valuable teaching about business um, and that coupled with my passion for improved health outcomes that unfortunately western medicine couldn't provide me um outside of that of course saving my leg um, my mother died abruptly at age 59 with severe obesity as one of her causes of death oh helene tragic but it made me even more excited about my mission to teach people how, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, You can, you can live a healthy life. Discipline is freedom. And so all of these, you know, components that I saw her struggle with and that I've struggled with, I was able to create methodologies around. So when it came back to the U.S., I divorced, um, moved back here about 12 years ago and started getting really deep into how I could help heal the, the healthcare system and understand uh where it's broken and i felt i felt and still feel uh that there's a lot of work that needs to be done but yes I do... ma'am <laughs> a lot of work. Um, but anyway, I ended up working with different teams, uh, to create methodologies for, uh, training health coaches in different, uh, areas, cognitive impairment, um, cardiometabolics, RNA, DNA, um, and then worked with, uh, universities and institutions to train health coaches because I believe health coaching is really helpful in healing this, this gap in healthcare, just to be the accountability and educational partner as a medical doctor yourself, you know, the model doesn't support, no. um, you know, they can, education and accountability, which is really the, for me, the glue that makes it stick, you know, these lifestyle changes that we both know are so critical for improved health outcomes long-term.
0: I I am nothing without my team of health coaches. I cannot do life without my health coaches. Nice. Because you know what? You got, the health coaches are like the psychologists, (laughs) you know? And when people are getting health coached, they're, you know, they're just speaking their heart and they're sharing their stuff and they're really being very vulnerable and sharing their bad habits. And so as a health coach, they're, they're teaching them, okay, well, this is, you got a course correct. And this is what you got to do. And that takes time and doctors don't have the time to do that.
1: They don't, but there's never been a bigger need for health coaches. And yet there are so many coaches um, that are decently trained, and enough trained uh, to, to, to actually warrant a career path. And so it's changing every day, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's still early on. And so I've been involved in a lot of different programs and uh, trained thousands of health coaches in over 60 countries. And I, I know that it's part of the answer. And at the end of the day, we have to take responsibility for our health and we have to get correct information about things, methodologies, lifestyle practices that work. Amen. What's, what would you say
0: is the definition of an, uh, of the optimal health coach?
1: A health coach that's trained both in a whole food diet. So whole foods, I think whole foods is really key who understands basic supplementation, you know, has a good education in, in diet and exercise. They don't need to be a dietitian per se. Um, and they should also have what, what I call an ontological coaching background. So a properly trained life and executive coach, it would be ideal to find a health coach that, you know, like who has a lot of education, either certifications or even, you know, a university-based program in, in, in nutrition and exercise as well as the coaching piece, the coaching piece needs to be trained. And I, I honestly don't see any health coaching programs anywhere in the world that are doing an adequate enough job in teaching people the art and science of ontological coaching. It's very, very rare. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. That's the ideal scenario, but that's, you know, many, many years and it's not inexpensive, but um, I have a passion for creating sustainable change for my clients. There's really not much more maybe than seeing, you know, rainbows and sunrises, (laughs) Experiences of all. There's not much more that brings me delight than having those aha moments when my wow. clients are able to see it for themselves and I know that the changes they're making are going to last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You never can forget the way it makes you feel when you're healthy and don't oh, I I know. And people, you know, oh, I know.
0: <laughs> but it's a choice, you know, you have to make the choice of am I gonna live with my excuses? And remain where I am, or are you going to go and chase down the results? I mean, that's the choice that people need to make is, am I happy here? Is this where I'm going to be? Or am I going to give away my excuses? Because everybody is full of excuses. Yeah. You know why it's so hard. It's so hard. Are you going to just do whatever you got to do to get the results? Because you and I both know it takes work.
1: It does. It does. It takes effort. And that effort when it's sourced from love, is a completely different picture and experience than when those results are created from willpower, which I believe is a kind of bankrupt concept, so to, so to say. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's a it's like night and day when you can shift your way of being um, from fear to love, and mm-hmm. and and we can res- we can create results either way. Now the mm-hmm. question is, how long are they going to last? And my experience has shown me that when you can create those results from education, true understanding and love, they last a lifetime. And that, really. it's exciting. You're absolutely right.
0: Love is and teaching people how to love themselves, because if they learn how to love themselves, they'll love themselves to health because they'll take response. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> I know. It's like, come on, love yourself.
1: (laughs) It's been really valuable for me is trying to see myself through God's eyes. I I believe in God and I know that he receives everything from me, all of my prayers, all of my desires, all of my angst. He uh, can see me. And if I can try to see myself through his eyes, then I can see myself through the eyes of love. And it's not. It's not my automatic. I'll I'll be honest. It's something I I have to practice. Me too.
0: Because it's hard. It's hard to see, to be love out there, you know, to see and love people all the time, especially when they, you know, poke you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we, you know, and the Bible taught me, you know, Jesus, you know, he wasn't, love didn't mean getting, getting, uh, you know, taken over and abused um, necessarily. Right. And there's a righteousness to it too, of like, I know it's Right. And I know that even though my taste buds might want um, the donut, my body is not loving for my body today, for example. Um, So that's just one small example, but I think you know what I'm getting at.
0: Oh, yeah. I I, like, for instance, for me, um, I'll just, you know, I will be in the arena right now and just be vulnerable to everybody. I come from an alcoholic family. And one of the ways that I was dealing with anxiety and depression was numbing myself. You know, and I would just numb myself with two or three glasses of red wine, you know, and and that would be day after day after day. And now I'm at the point where I realize God loves me so much that he doesn't want me to numb myself. He wants me to love myself, you know, And, and say, Isabel, I love you. I don't want you to hurt yourself because you and I both know that alcohol shrinks the brain. And like, who needs that, And alcohol can increase anxiety, like, who needs that, right? And so just realizing, no, I don't need to be drinking two or three glasses of red wine every night to yeah. to numb out. I can actually just tune into God, tune into Jesus, and realize how much He loves me, and just read the um the Bible is just such a beautiful love story, right? It's
1: It's a story about everything, (laughs) war and love and justice, it's it's everything. I know,
0: I know. And a lot of people think it's so hard to read, but I just say, go read Psalms. Psalms (gasps) is beautiful.
1: I want to open your heart. (laughs) You want to not feel sad? Read Psalms. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like Psalms 91 is just so beautiful. But anyway, we'll talk about that in another session, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> ah, I don't know what we'll call it, but we'll healing by love through God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, not, I know it without so it. what are you doing now? Tell us how you're helping heal the world now. Yeah. Well, you know, this year I've launched into my own work. Um, and that is a combination of my depth of, of, of love and understanding around uh, these different modalities of healing. So I believe very strongly in nourishment and nourishment is about the food that we're putting into our mind and our bodies and our souls. And, um, so for me, the first pillar is really around food, you know, nourishing our bodies with whole foods, um, foods that heal mm-hmm. not foods that harm. And so I'm very, uh, creative in the kitchen and I love to create delicious food. <laughs> it's a- passion and art form of mine and um that's huge and then the other thing that i teach about is of course movement emotionally engaged embodiment practices um yoga um we do all kinds of different movement practices um in my in my work and i can also rec- i also recommend them in my programs um and then also uh, spirituality uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to live, believe in God or you need to um, you know, have a religion, um, but just that there is something greater than you. Um, and so these three pillars, nourishment, embodiment, and spirituality are uh, the, the things that I work around. And so to say the things that hold the work and the methodologies that I work with either one-on-one or in groups, um, we work to transform your health, to get you back on track, to realign with uh, what I call nature's law. Beautiful. I love that. And because you've already
0: put together the methods, you know, to other programs around the world, you know what you're doing.
1: I do. And I felt like a lot of these other institutions, you know, were very, um, you know, very much inside of their methodology, which is perfect, uh-huh. but I always kind of like, Oh, you know, if we did this or we use those herbs, or if we, you know, there's so much that I want to, I want to add to, um, round out the methodologies because of my international travels, because of my experience with these thousands of, 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 clients that I really want to bring it all to the table and create the transformations in person one-on-one and in groups. It's really, Really, it's really satisfying for me. It is to help see people go, ah, that is what I need to do. Yeah, and just suffer less and have more joy and be able to feel what there is to feel and move through it with skills. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's really important. And we need to support each other. Yes,
0: absolutely. I totally agree. And that was one of the things, and I'll ask you about, you know, your, your story with anxiety and depression. Um, when people are in that pit of anxiety and depression, the thing is it's not like it's not like that's where they're supposed to be. It's just they don't know the tools to get them out, to stay out of that pit. You know, like you see people out there in the world and they just seem like they have the perfect life. You know, they've got healthy relationships full of love and joy and respect and they're happy all the time and they're positive. It's not, the deal is it's not that these people don't have life hit them. I mean, life is hard, right? Yeah. It's just, they know they've got the tools to deal with anxiety and depression. And, You and I are both like letting people know this is not your resting place. This is not where you have to be. There's a better way to live
1: and we've
0: experienced it and we want you to experience it too.
1: Yeah. And I recently have had an interaction with somebody who really is at the bottom of her barrel. Mm. She's so depressed. And I know I just felt kind of helpless the other day when I was sitting with her. And all I could do was really hold space, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for what she was experiencing, but it's very, very real and it's happening at a global scale. I mean, here you are in New Zealand and I'm in California and everything, all the points in between. I mean, it's everywhere and it's not how we're meant to be. It's part of the human condition, but it's, it's, it's quite intense. And I do want to say that, you know, coaching is, is not for the clinically depressed you know, we definitely need to be working with uh, clinicians uh, to to help with that because um, it's real. I don't I don't know that I believed that it was real, but but it's very real. When did you start believing
0: that it was real? That anxiety and depression is a real condition.
1: Uh, I think that it was when my daughter was going through it, um, and I was in denial, and you know, it took her team of of psychologists to you know really look me in the eye and say you know you, you got to stop you know tiptoeing around this like this is this is this is happening like this is in your house and then i had to take a really honest look at myself and I look at all the ways in which i was kind of powering through life as a single mom and how my mother did it and her depression so it was like this lineage of of dysfunction that i was just you know confronted with and uh her Transformation and healing happened when I was willing to look at my, my stuff. Mm, And that takes a lot of guts and you got to be very
0: bold and courageous doing that. Helene, that's hard. I think that's the
1: hardest work anybody could ever do. I agree. And, but it was like instantaneous. As soon as I did my work, she turned around. Wow. It was like a miracle. That's how powerful we are. Yep. And our healing is, is so powerful when we can heal ourselves and support each other in that healing. It is, Mm -hmm. it is profound. And as mothers, man, when
0: we benefit by taking care of ourselves, Look at who else benefits. It's not just ourselves. It's everybody else we're feeding, you know? I always think I'm breastfeeding the world, but, you know, I'm not. You and I. I know. I know. But you know what I mean. When you're a mom, you feel like you're just feeding the world. But really, and that's something that's so key, Helene. I'm so glad you bring that up. You know, women have a really tough time prioritizing their care. Totally. We're so good at taking care of everybody else, <laughs> every other project out there. But when when it's time to look in and take care of ourselves, no, no, I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. And you know what? That just is terrible because wh- what happens when you take care of yourself? Look at what happened to you. Everyone wins. Me? Yeah. So high five, girl,
1: for taking care of yourself. <laughs> I'm serious. Thank you and also everyone loses when you don't. I mean actually because you can't show up like happy and full and you know just rested and vital like you know you're showing up dragging <laughs> your stuff around and smearing it on other people like no. <laughs> It's like everyone pays when you don't. And I get that through, get that through your skulls because it's, and I'm not talking about, you know, going to the spa for three hours every day, or maybe I am you know, whatever you, is within your capacity, but yeah. we have to prioritize ourselves. And it looks different for every woman, how it looks for me is different than how it looks for my neighbor or, or, or you or anyone. Like we, we all have our, our, our nuances of how, what taking care of ourselves looks like. Mm. Wow.
0: I am going to have to invite you to do a talk with me on the shame, free anxiety and depression community for women. Really? I'd love to, because I'd that, love. that is key. Just, yeah. you know, you sharing your story, would you be okay sharing your story, what you just told me about your daughter? And cause yeah. you know, that's one thing that, that hurts my heart is that, women are in the group, you know, we've got like right now it's over a hundred and I'm grateful, you know, for the hundred, I'm so grateful, but we're still hiding. Do you know what I mean? Like there's still just a few that, that speak out, but still everybody's in the bleachers, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody's jumping in and going, Hey, this is me. You know, what, what, do you know what I mean? Like being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and just sharing because it's when we're vulnerable, when we're opened up and we face the elephant in the living room, like you did. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That, that we're able to really start getting rid of that elephant. And, um, yeah, it took your daughter to kind of help you. Isn't that great? Isn't it is. God so good?
1: He is. He is. I mean, I, sometimes I feel like, well, you know, maybe it should have happened earlier, but you know, it's, it's divine. It's all perfect, but she's lost over a hundred pounds. She's. um graduated from high school early. She's thriving. Yeah. It's just a miracle. If I could have told myself that three years ago, four years ago, this would be no three years ago, if this would be the case today, I wouldn't have believed it. So it's, it's really, it's really incredible. Our work is so valuable. It is. I'm
0: so glad to hear that. (laughs) Hey, um, so do you have, can you give the, our listeners three action steps that they can use to help to, that they can implement right away to, so that
1: they can have a win today? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and many of you know this, I'm just reminding you, but mm. but three action steps that you can take today are to make sure that, that when your hunger comes, you're prepared for it. So that means, um, you know, making sure that you're using up what you have in the fridge, that choosing healthy things to put into your body that are free of herbicides, pesticides, fungicides that are hopefully organic and not genetically modified. It's really, really critical. Your brain and your gut and your body need whole foods that are pure uh, in order to function optimally. And it is a, that's a miracle in itself to just eat foods from their source. <laughs> that is something you can actually write out the day, go to the grocery store. If you haven't gone, get prepared for tomorrow. It is so important to be prepared for your hunger. It is going to come just like the sun every morning. <laughs> so get ready for it. <laughs> with whole healthy foods that are full of color. And um, another action step that I'd love uh, you to take today is to be aware of that internal dialogue and to keep it in check. And that means either, you know, let it get the best of you. That means let it take you to your best place. Don't let it get the best of you and taking you to your, your less best place. And you are the only one that can be the dictator, so to say, of that dialogue that can decide, you know, which, which side you're going to, you're going to believe, you know, which story you're going to hold on to, because that kindness that you can infuse yourself with is the warmth of acceptance, right? So if you can be kind to yourself, be loving to yourself, um, that will change absolutely everything about your day. And the third thing is to feel yourself in your skin. And that might be uh, taking three deep breaths today, just to notice what it's like to be in your skin and thank your body for being there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to take that into any kind of movement, right? Whether it's a downward facing dog or a walk out in the street, doesn't have to be anything monumental. It could also be a ridge hike on the closest mountain. Whatever it is, <laughs> um, experience deep felt gratitude for um, for this this body that that you have. Mm. So good. So
0: good. And that's medicine. That's the medicine we're talking about. It's, I know it doesn't come in a bottle. I know, but it's real.
1: (laughs) Hey, and where can our listeners find you? Well, uh, go ahead and uh, find me at jennifer- helene.com and there you can actually get a free seven day lifestyle plan, which is full of tasty, original, delicious recipes that might inspire you and some tips on um, how the next seven days could even be more optimized for you.
0: Great. And we'll put the link in our show notes, okay? Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Helene. you've been awesome. I'm so grateful to have met you. Too. <laughs> okay. Well, team, that's it. That's me. That's Helene. And thank you so much for joining us and go ahead and share this podcast with your friends and family. You know what? You never know how this would help somebody. Okay. And before we go, remember to remain unstoppable. Mwah! Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.